0: Merry Christmas, Vineyard family. My name is Matt Massey. I'm the lead pastor. It's so great to be with you guys tonight. And if you're watching online, we welcome you. And if you're new here tonight, we welcome you as well. It's great to be together and gather on Christmas. Because here's the deal, right? Like Christmas and Easter are our Super Bowls as Christians. It, it, it is what sets us apart the fact that we have a Savior that came as a God man and lived and died to take our sin and then rose again. That sets us apart, and we have evidence and prophecies and all this stuff that give it uh, evidence of truth. But here's a question. I don't know about you guys. 2020 has been a hard year. Anyone feel like 20, 2020 has been a hard year? Anyone kind of feel like you come to the end of the year? Yeah, yeah, right? I don't know why you're clapping, because it's not, it's not good to clap. It's, like, it's one of the worst years of our lives. In some ways, great, but in some ways, hard and and you come to the end of this year, you're like, man, I need some hope. Anyone need some hope today? Like, oh, man, we need some hope. But in the midst of all this, all this going on, and good things or bad things or whatever, I don't know about you, but oftentimes, don't you find yourself thinking, so? You ever say, like, so? Like, is is that it? Right, like, so? You know, you, you go to that restaurant you couldn't wait to go to. You know, you you got the reservation, and you got there, and and the portions were small and you paid way too much and you got home and you thought, so? You know what I'm talking about? You ever feel that or like, or what about that vacation you couldn't wait to take? And you got the VRBO and you got there and you got home and you thought to yourself, what was that, so? Right, really, is that the best they got? Or, or what about that movie premiere? You couldn't wait to go to that movie premiere Remember when we used to go to movie theaters back when they had movie theaters were open? Remember that? Right? Well, you, you went to that movie premiere, and, and you got to the end and thought, really? So? That's the way I felt, felt about all the Star Wars movie premieres. Come on. You agree with me, right? Lord of the Rings are much better, right? Yeah, come on. I'll lead you to Christ later. Anyway, the, uh, So, I mean, so, we, so often in life, we just kind of find ourselves saying, So? You finally get that promotion you really wanted. You're like, well, okay, so? You win the game, it's great to win a game, but now you're like, so I gotta win next week. You, you get the A's, A's are good, but then you're like, so? Anyone relate? How, how many of you guys are looking forward to Christmas tomorrow? Like, can't wait for Christmas, right? You're like, Christmas, yes! Have, how many of you can relate to all the papers laying on the ground, all the gifts have been opened? And all of a sudden, everyone's looking at their cell phones like, all right, so now what? <laughs> so, right? All right, uh, t- t- take out your phones real quick, right? Pull out your phones, it's okay. Turn on your lights. We're gonna dim the lights. Everyone turn on your lights and hold them up. Let me, let me see a light, shine them. All right, Can we see the whole crowd, get, get, them, get the lights. Everybody? All right. All right, now now, now put, them back, put them back down in your lap. And when I ask a question, if you agree with this, hold it up, All right. Have you ever gotten a gift that you looked at it and you thought, oh man, so? Right, come on, yeah, yeah, right? We all have, right? All right, have you ever given a gift and you could see it in the person's face like, oh, so? yeah"? Every parent, right, is like, I've seen that look in my kid's face. All right, have you ever gotten a gift that you're like, oh man, I so love this gift? Anyone? Yeah, 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 right, yes, right, all right. But now a year later, or two years later, are you saying so about that gift now? Come on, right? Come on, don't lie. You know it's true. You got the iPhone 10, You're like, the iPhone 10, Yes. And like two months later, I need the 11. Man, mine stinks. Bring up the lights. So much of life is like that. So often we feel so, so about so much of life. That's the way it is, And the reason is. It says we're all looking for purpose. We're all looking for meaning. We're all wondering, is this it? Is there more? And so often when we're wondering if this is life and if this is more, so many of us look to so many other things to try to find life or try to find meaning. There aren't necessarily bad things, and some are bad things, but they just don't cut it. There's nothing in this world that'll answer the question to, to meaning and purpose except for one thing. See, here's the deal. There's a hardwired in all of us. We're all wondering, why are we here? Is this it? Is there more? And what if there's a gift that so answers that so question? What if there is a gift that isn't a so gift? It's the gift that so changes everything. It's the gift that gives us so much purpose in life and helps us know that we so matter. It's God's gift of so to us. All right, we all know the verse, right? We've all seen it at games. John 3.16, Jesus talking to this guy named Nicodemus. You know the verse, right? Remember it says, for God loved the world. I think something's missing, right? For God sort of loved the world. No. Oh, I'm sorry. For God sometimes loved the world. No. For God so, so loved the world. No. For God so, I wish our Bibles had 18 O's in it. For God so loved the world that He gave His one and only Son that whoever believes in Him should not perish, but have eternal life. This is the gift of life. This is not a ho-hum gift. Many of us have heard this our whole life. We're like, ah, so. This is it. This is what makes life matter. This is what gives life purpose. You and I have a so-loved God. Do you believe that? Like, like, you have a God that so loves you. Like, I don't care how bad you've been. I don't care how good you are. I don't care what you've done, what you haven't done, what you think you should do. I don't care how tall, short, fat, skinny. I don't care how much money you have, how little money you have. You are a so-loved God. By a God who so loves you just because. Just because. And all He wants you to do is step into His soul love, receive it, and then you'll experience purpose. You'll experience meaning in life. Because the soul love of God is the only thing that so matters. Have you ever um have you ever been felt so so about love? You know what I mean? Have you ever felt so-so about love? Like when you first fall into love and you're sitting in the movie with that girl, that guy, and your knees touch you, <laughs> right? <laughs> right? You've never felt so. We have a so love God, a so love dad. Years ago, I was coaching Say Soccer. Anyone here coach Say Soccer, Rec Soccer? It's one of the most miserable experiences known to mankind. <laughs> and I was coaching six year old girls, like, 16 years ago. My oldest was six. Or something. And, and when, when you're coaching six-year-old kids, it's like what we call it amoeba ball. You know what an amoeba ball is? They kind of, they're all in a pack and, you know, it's like six v six and they're moving around in a pack. It's like a, a scrum in rugby without any violence. They're like, hi, hi. The girl, hey, what's your name? You know, and they're just kind of in a little scrum. And, and there was one girl on our team, she was so bad. I mean, so bad. Like, Still to this day has no athletic ability, really sweet. And her dad comes to me and says, hey, she's not good at soccer, I don't care. I just want her to have fun. I so love my little girl, I just, I don't care. But would you just help her have fun? I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So we get her on the field, we had fun, we just laughed a lot. And She was, she was what you call a daisy picker. You know, during the game, she's like, look, flower! You know, one of those. But one day, the scrum is happening, and the little amoeba ball is happening, and all of a sudden, she gets a breakaway with the ball and starts heading away, heading towards the opponent's. Goal. She really barely knew she had the ball. Say, like, la, la 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 la, and all of a sudden her dad on the sideline is like, I'm watching him across the way. he's Like, oh oh oh, go 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 go, and he's just is working his way down. The- he's screaming, Come on, girl! Come on, girl! Come on, girl! And she kicks the ball and it scores. He's like, Score! I mean, like he was literally like in the European soccer league, ripping his shirt off, sliding on the ground. Yeah! And I thought to myself, that guy so loves this little girl. He doesn't find his identity in her side. He didn't care that she scored. He just is in love with this little girl. That's God's so love for us multiplied by billions. You and I have a so love God who's so madly in love with us, no matter what we've done, where we've been, how he just so loves us, and he just wants us to step into his so love, to trust him, to surrender to him, to lean into the truth of his life, his death, his resurrection, so that we experience his so love, so that we experience so much more than a so-so life. And some of you may be here today and go, but, but you understand, know I, I don't get that. I don't, I, don't <clears throat> I, I can't be loved like that because you don't know what I've done. You don't know where I've been. You don't, yeah, see, I mean, you don't know me. Let me tell you another place in Scripture where God uses the word so. It's in Genesis. And God spoke, and it was so. Whenever God speaks and says something, it is so. You can take it to the bank. You can repeat back to God his words, and they always come back yes. When God says, I so love the world, you take it back and say, wow, that means you so love me. He goes, absolutely. That's for you. I don't care, because when I speak, It's so, this is the message of Christmas. This is the hope of Christmas. We have a soul of God that's madly in love with us and wants us to know him and be known and experience real life and real purpose and real meaning. His birth is is a reminder of his so amazing, humble life. His horrific death is such a reminder of his immense love to take the sin of the world upon himself and his resurrection, the evidence and power of his resurrection is the reminder of his so amazing power that when he says we're so loved, he backs it up with his resurrection. That's the gospel. And that's the truth of Christmas. That's the hope we have. So tonight, with the remaining four or five minutes before we sing Silent Night, I want to read to you the Christmas story again. But read it to you with fresh eyes. I rewrote it as if it happened in 2020. And the reason why is because I think sometimes we can kind of be like, so, shepherds? I mean, how many, how many of you even know a shepherd, right? How many of you ever even been to a field, you know, or like even never been to, this doesn't land on us as relatability, but we need to sit in this story as if it happened today and be like, that's what God did for us. This is an example of God's soul. We have a fireplace. There we go. <laughs> Let's dim the lights a little bit. Here we go. If I could, if I would, we, I would be wearing a smoking jacket, but I'm not. It's September of 2020, and chaos abounds. There's a contentious election on the horizon. COVID is rampant. Everyone's mad about masks and the economy is struggling. Our young hero, Joe, has lost his job and has no savings to speak of, and he's just found out that his young fiance is pregnant with the Holy Spirit's baby. They've never been intimate, and God told him in a dream that she's telling the truth. He believes her, but her minister father doesn't, and he's kicked her out of the house. They have nowhere to go but to his home. So with little choice, Joseph and Mary leave Xenia, Ohio and head a hundred miles south to the sleepy town of Shepherdsville, Kentucky. At the border, they take off their shoes. If you live in Kentucky, I'm sorry. They're driving in his 1999 rusted-out Toyota pickup on a 90 degree day with no air conditioning and no shock absorbers. Every bump is excruciating for this poor young woman who's weeks away from birth. They get to Shepherdsville, which is no more than a stoplight, a truck stop diner, and a one star motel. The town is packed because the Hatfields are having a family reunion. (laughs) And the McCoys are ticked. The one motel is more than full, Joseph is stuck. He doesn't want to go to his family just yet as he's waiting for the right time to explain his unwed pregnant fiance to his very religious family. But he needs a place to stay until he sorts it out. The motel has an adjoining garage with a bed in it, and he talks the manager into letting them stay there for just a few nights. In the garage, oil stains the floor. There's a busted out window. The smell of gas permeates the air. Trash is scattered here and there, and garbage is thrown all about. The garage has no air conditioning either, and there's no breeze to speak of. At 10 p.m. of the first night of living in these nasty conditions, the horrific contractions start, and they come fast and furious. This is sooner than he thought, and he has no time to get into the hospital that's 45 minutes away, but on top of that, he has no insurance. So he'll have to do this by himself. There's no Epidural to ease the pain on this night. There's no soft, sterile hospital bed, just a bunch of grease covered towels thrown in a heap for her to lie on. Hard, painful labor pains are horrific and come fast. There's no birthing ball for her to roll on. There's no warm showers to ease her discomfort and no cable TV for him to watch. Only a card-holed floor and lots of pain. During each contraction, She dug her nails into Joseph's hands and he'd say, You're doing great, honey. Breathe. Just keep pushing. She'd look at him and say, If you say another word, (laughs) I'm gonna. He'd look at her and gently remind her, It wasn't he who God but did this. She said, I know it wasn't you, but you're the only man here to blame. I need not go into the beautifully gory details of birth, which includes amniotic fluid, blood, placenta, and other baby gunk that we'd all like to forget. But Mary gives one last astounding scream that no one, including herself, thought was possible. And the Son of God is born. Jesus, the Son of God, the God-man, comes out looking stressed, An ugly pink with a misshaped head. Covered in baby mucus. Attached and desperately needy to a human umbilical cord. Then Joseph spanks the son of God to life. Can you imagine spanking the God man to life? And then he breathes. Imagine God taking his first humble breath as a baby. Then Mary began to feed him. Maybe he was hard at first. Maybe he didn't latch on well, or maybe her milk didn't come in right away. We don't know. At any rate, the God of the universe has now chosen to make his life dependent on the breast milk of this very young, very human girl. After she feeds him, she lays him in a rusted-out oil barrel that's been cut in half and is filled with old blankets, and he falls asleep. Is there anything more humble and helpless than a baby? This story would be dank and base for a normal person, but it's even worse because this this is the holy, perfect God. We should all be astounded at the humility of our God to come to us in this weakest of ways, sinless and perfect in a sin-filled world. But there's more. The aluminum garage door rattles with a knock Joseph opens the door and what they see are 12 coal miners covered from head to toe with coal soot. One of them steps up and says they were getting off work from the late shift when they were met by a majestic, mighty angel so powerful that they all fell to their faces and worshipped. The angel, they told him, said that the Son of God had been born right where they are and they wanted to know if they could see him and worship him. Imagine that. The God of the universe's first worshipers are those that the world looks down on because these are the least of these, but these are those that God adores most because these are those that know they have need. These are those that are ready and willing to surrender and worship, and these are the only ones that won't miss him. Then to Joseph and Mary's amazement wonder, they all drop to their knees and begin to speak and sing in unison from the book of Isaiah Nine, chapter 6 prophesied thousands of years before for to us a child is born to us a son is given and the government shall be upon his shoulder and his name shall be called wonderful counselor mighty God everlasting father prince of peace and of the increase of his government and of peace there will be no end that's our story that's the Christmas story, as if it happened today. But it didn't happen today, it happened 2,000 years ago and it was just as miraculous and just as powerful and the story is just as meaningful today as it was 2,000 years ago. And it's this story that gives us life. It's the only story that truly gives us life. All of our stories are small and meaningless apart from his story. But inside of his story, our stories have meaning and our stories now no longer just our lives where we say so but instead we can say emphatically with power and with joy we are so loved by a so loved god would you stand with me i invite you to maybe close your eyes before we sing silent night I just want to just say if you're here tonight maybe you're visiting with somebody or you've been coming here a while and you've never put your faith in Jesus and you don't believe that this so love is for you and you want this so love you want to know the resurrected Jesus you want to know the one who came in humility and then rose in power for you and you want to know his love just all you got to do is say Jesus I admit my need I admit I'm sinful and broken I give my life to you I want to know you're so loved. And if you're here tonight you've been a Christian a while and you're tired and you're feeling like life is just kind of so, and you want a, a fresh gust of life, then just ask God for a, a fresh connection with him and a, a fresh experience of his so love. Say, God, I want to know you're so loved. I want to experience you're so loved. I want to believe that I am so loved. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your life, your death, your resurrection. We thank you that you are so loved, God. We now worship you as the one true God. Let's sing Silent Night. They're gonna pass the candles around. And we'll step up to the last verse and raise our candles in the sky. Bless you to go and enjoy this Christmas with your family and believe that you have a God who so loves you. Merry Christmas and have a happy new year. We'll see you guys next year. Blessings. Merry Christmas.